0: We have to talk about the Bible. I mean, when was the last time that you really thought about what you thought about it? for something that is as important and central to our faith as the Bible, I think many of us have spent surprisingly little time examining how we view it and how we think about it. And I would guess that most of us have strong emotion and strong belief around the Bible, but the lens that we use to view the Bible and the way in which we engage with the text is something we often don't consider. And it seems to me that there's been more conversation around the Bible and around biblical interpretation in the last few years than ever before. And I'm becoming increasingly convinced that so many of the ways that we get tripped up and that we get stuck, some of the conflicts and the hurt that we see in church and in our relationships with one another, it can trace back to how we understand, approach, and read this book. So we wanted to take some time together to just start the conversation as a church family with six big ideas that we hope might center and unify how we as a community of faith approach God's Word. And you're going to get a chance to hear from myself along with members of our preaching team and others from our community of faith as we just take time to explain, to explore, and reflect on these ideas together. I'm really excited about this. I think it's really, really important for us. And we're calling it the re Bible Podcast, which I'll admit might at first seem like an odd name. Why do we need to read the Bible? But the Bible's filled with rewords—words words like redemption, renew, repent, restore, reconciliation, reform—and all of those words—they're about returning something to its original intended state. And I think some of our thinking about the bible is that same sort of rework. You know, as imperfect followers of Jesus, we're constantly working to understand God and His Word better, and we're going to make mistakes along the way. So we need the humility to constantly be at work reforming and reassessing our hearts and our understanding to more closely reflect Jesus. I think for all of us over time in our own way, we've added to the test, we've picked up bias, we've borrowed interpretation from others, and we've placed the wrong expectations on Scripture, read into it meaning that wasn't there. And that thinking is led to the Bible being used to hurt and to wound ourselves and at times others. And I think some of that needs repentance and renewal. With the help of the Holy Spirit and one another, we want to reclaim together a right understanding of Scripture and its role in our life of following Jesus. We have to take time to understand what Scripture says about itself. For all of us, our prayer is this Re-Bible podcast that might be in some way about refreshing and renewing our love for God's Word as we begin to see it in a new way. So some of these ideas that we're going to talk about, they're going to be familiar and, and maybe even obvious to you. And some, I hope, may be things you've never considered or even thought about before. But let me start this first episode by just asking the question, what is the purpose of Scripture? Before you watch any more of this video, I really want to encourage you to think on that question. I even want to invite you to pause it right here and come back after you've had time to reflect. Because your answer to that question, it will determine a lot about how you will approach the text and the sort of questions that you'll ask when you read it. What is the purpose of Scripture? Why did God give us this book? I'll admit my answer to this question has changed several times over the years. And I grew up in a tradition that taught me that the Bible was written uh, so that we would know how to live a godly life, and that the Bible was sufficient to answer all of our questions. And I don't know that I was taught this, but if I'm honest, somewhere along the way I picked up this belief that the Bible was basically part of the holy trinity: God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Bible. Um, you see, at my church, we didn't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, and so really it was the Bible that was viewed with that sort of reverence and unquestioning authority. But the problem is the Bible doesn't say that about itself. So where did we get it? Where did we pick that up along the way? I think one place might be Second Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It's one that I remember uh, hearing a lot growing up. And it just says this: all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be equipped thoroughly for every good work. But Timothy, he's making a statement about the usefulness and the relevance of scripture. He's not making a statement about the purpose of scripture. See, the Bible was not given to us with the primary purpose of knowing how to live a godly life. It was not written primarily as a rule book or an instruction manual for our Christian life. And though it does contain a lot of wisdom that can separate and lead us, it wasn't its primary intent. And the Bible was also never designed to answer all of our questions. If you follow Jesus on enough, you will have questions that you bring to this text that the Bible simply doesn't speak to. It will give wisdom, but its intention is not by itself, apart from God and the Holy Spirit, to be authoritative and sufficient. It is only those things connected to its purpose. So what does the Bible say about itself? What is the purpose? I think the author of Hebrews points us in the right direction. Hebrews 4, beginning in verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul, and spirit, joints, and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight, Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give a test. So the first thing that the Bible does is it reveals. When scripture is read and we're listening to the Holy Spirit. God can use it to reveal and to expose the sinful condition of our hearts. But it doesn't leave us there. It continues in verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we confess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. After Scripture reveals and exposes, what does it do? Does it tame us? Does it tell us how to fix ourselves? Does it point us to a 12-step program of behavior modification? Oh, it points us to Christ. And this has always been Scripture's purpose, to reveal Christ, to lead us to relationship. Scripture was meant as a tool to bring us closer to God, not as something we wield apart from Him. Now, here's where that distinction is so important. If I believe that Scripture's purpose is primarily to instruct me in what I should do, then I'm going to ask questions of the text like, what does this teach me about what I should do? Now, the heart behind that question is right, and there are parts of Scripture when you ask it that it will lead you to very helpful truths and wisdom. But the question, what does it teach me about what I should do, assumes something about Scripture that is not always true. And so there are places where you might ask that question and you'll entirely miss what the passage is all about even places where you ask that question, and it, it might lead you to something that God never intended as you read into the text meaning that's not there. But when we know Scripture's purpose, it allows us to ask a better question of the text. And so since we know from Hebrews that part of the purpose of Scripture is revealing and exposing, that that's part of the work that's happening, then a better question to ask in partnership with the Holy Spirit might be, "What does this reveal to me about the sinful condition of my heart? What does it show me about what's happening inside? And since we know that the Bible is also pointing us to relationships and it's revealing Christ, an even better question to ask would be, how does what I'm reading reveal and point me to Christ? Let me give you an example. There's a parable in Matthew, chapter 18, that's likely very familiar to you. It's about a servant who's forgiven, but struggles to forgive others. And I want to invite you on your own, uh, maybe sometime this week, to just take some time and slow down, read this text, and just apply what we're talking about it. But I want to read it quickly together and just give a quick example of how those questions could lead us to different places. Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle a with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 pounds was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had was to be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred dinars He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. The fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owes. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. So, after reading this parable, uh, you were spending some time reflecting and you were asking the question, What does this passage teach me? about what I should do, then you would likely land on something like, I should forgive. I should forgive others. And that is absolutely true, and it definitely teaches that. But so what if you ask a better question? What if you ask instead, what does this reveal to me about the sinful condition of my heart? Then you might hear something from God like, I want a need grace for myself, but I withhold it from others maybe there's wounds in my life that I fear I can't let go of because it feels like forgiveness means it didn't happen. Or something else. But it takes you to a deeper place in your heart. And if you follow that up with a question like, how does what I'm reading reveal and point me to Christ, then you really get beneath the surface. And you see this story, a picture of Jesus that cancels every debt out of his love for us, not because we earned it or worked hard for it or deserved it, You see how better questions give space for the Holy Spirit to truly lead and perform us? You know, I, I started asking these sorts of questions about 15 years ago, and I heard a talk that I'll remember for the rest of my life about hearing the music of the Gospel as we read Scripture. And it has changed everything for me. One of the things I began to realize about myself is that if the only questions I'm asking are about what I should do, then it leads to a lot of self effort Uh, If you do that for a week, uh, and every day you're writing down an application, that list begins to grow pretty long of all the things you need to effort. And it was effective at changing some of my behavior, but when I read Scripture like that, it's easier for me to hold Scripture at arm's length and not allow it to really change me. You see, part of the cost of thinking that way about the Bible is that I didn't really need God or the Holy Spirit. If the Bible answers all my questions, if it's entirely sufficient, And assuming I could muster up enough discipline and effort, then me and this magic book could just do it all on our own. But God is after more than our behavior. And the Bible was meant to draw us into relationship and dependence, not be a magic eight ball we bring all our questions to. It was meant to spark questions and curiosity that would lead us to Christ and that could be used by the Holy Spirit to convict, to reveal, to expose, to do a deeper work of forming us from the inside out not just change our external behaviors. Thinking rightly about Scripture leads us to better questions, which give space for God to reform us to more accurately reflect the Jesus that we love and that we follow. I hope that you leave with some better questions. I want to invite you to try that out next time you open Scripture. What does this reveal to me about the central condition of my heart? How does it point me to Jesus? How does it point me to Christ? I hope you'll join us for our next episode as we jump in and talk a little bit about how the Bible is not one book, but a collection of books, a library book. And we're going to have some conversation around the table to explore that together. See you next time.